This is Talk To Me. The official podcast of MetalNexus.net. Your hosts, Joshua Toomey and John Drake, bring you epic rants, anecdotes, and interviews with heavy hitters from hardcore A new life to hair metal. This is Talk To Me. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Talk To Me. This is episode 123. The guest this week is Rita Haney, longtime girlfriend of Dimebag Daryl and the curator of everything Dimebag Daryl these days. Uh, she's also putting out Dime Vision 2 out November 24th. Make sure to head over to Pledge Music. It'll be in the show notes to uh, find out all the great things you can get over there, all the different tiers, and uh, get you a pull, get you a Dime Vision 2 DVD. As always, I am the victorious... Joshua Toomey. Oh, here we go. Joined by uh, by the uh, loser <sighs> in the north. John Drake, a.k.a. Dog Pound <laughs> Jedi on Twitter. Uh, you, you act oh. like it's a big deal that you beat us. I told you that was going to happen. You had to have been Yeah, but you also told me us. that you were like, you're going on and on about it. If you beat us, then you'll never hear the end of it. So, Well, yeah, because gonna- you run in your mouth. What am I supposed to do? Just take a beating for months of you going, we're going to kick your ass. And then we win and go, good game, sir. Good game, sir. Bully. Huzzah. Like, hey, man, no. I put my money where my foot is. That is the foot of Ryan Suckup with that fourth <laughs> field goal in overtime. <laughs> how about how about the fact that he was like, what was it, like 47 in a row from inside 50 yards. And right before the the kick... He, uh, who was it that called the timeout? I think it was Tennessee or somebody. Anyway, referees called a timeout, and he actually missed it. Like, it doinked it off the, off the crossbar. And I, I looked well, at man, my wife, and get, I went, get I went into that's it. going he, in the uh, next he, time. He, he, he said he had the, you know, he had Bo Brinkley, our long snapper, Brett Kern, our, our holder there, and uh, had him snap it, and he was testing. He thought the wind was going to catch it the one way, and since it didn't catch it that way, he was actually to have a mulligan. And uh, man, to win it, I was actually thought we were going to end up in a nine-nine tie. So <laughs> I'm glad we glad somebody won that one. No, as soon as Joe <laughs> Thomas went down, and Cody Kessler basically did absolutely nothing and was just getting destroyed on you know from his blind side, I was like, this is over. And again, when a guy makes 47 in a row from inside 50 yards, and then he misses one, but there's a timeout called, that's called Cleveland luck. Because what happens is the guy will then break his streak, but it doesn't count. So the next one is perfect. That's happened to us like three or four times that I can remember. Oh, man. Well, I'm just glad we came out with the W into the bye week and uh, we will get off sports talk. I'm sure we're boring a lot of people, but I did get some text <laughs> messages as the uh, as the game was ending. And, uh, you know, people were looking forward to hearing us talk about it on the podcast. So I had to throw it out there real quick. I hope you feel bad for my team and for me, because having to watch that every week, it is abject disaster just horrible i mean it was a three-point game and you guys are driving and i'm just sitting there it's the second quarter and i'm going if they score a touchdown this game's over when you're down 10 points in the middle of the second (laughs) quarter you're not supposed to have the thought up we're fucked but when you're a browns fan you do (laughs) so Oh, that was bad. Yeah, when they were showing stats of what is Hugh Jackson like one and twenty three or something crazy, I was he's, like, oh, yeah, he's God. one and twenty two now. Oof. 
I couldn't even. I mean, I mean, the Titans are five and three, and they're like fire malarkey. <laughs> you know, we're we're five and three atop of the AFC South, and uh, and everyone's calling for Malarkey's job. I'm like, all right, look what we just beat, dude. We would have a parade if we were five and three. Seriously, <laughs> at that point, that would be like, I mean, we God, that's actually when this all started. Really, we're something like four and forty since December of 2014 because we were seven and four and in first place and ever since that we're like i say four and 40 imagine that dude couldn't even imagine it (laughs) it's it's the worst oh my god does it suck well man speaking of parades let's uh let's let's have a nice five-star itunes review you got one over there for me i do have a five-star itunes review this one comes from schnickelette it is a five-star review that says, super entertaining. The episode with Jared Montague was the first one I've listened to, but my God, I was entertained the whole time. It was fun to try and pick out the Hall of Famers with Josh and John, and Jared's backstory was truly fascinating. Might even have to buy the book now. Thank you very much, Nicolette. That was awesome. Glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad you tackled that name, too, because when I first saw that, I was like, I have no idea how to say schnickelet. <laughs> See, like we said in the last episode, I'll handle the names. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's my health and, uh, If you guys want your uh, iTunes review read on the next episode of the podcast, make sure to head over to iTunes, leave a nice five-star rating, nice five-star review. It will be much appreciated and read on an upcoming episode of the podcast. And, uh, yeah, appreciate it. And uh, we also like to do shout-outs for sharing. That is shout-outs for sharing on Facebook and Twitter. So if you see this episode pop up in your timeline, your Twitter feed, make sure to hit that uh, share button, hit that retweet button, you will get a shout out on the next episode of the Talk To Me podcast. So for uh, sharing episode 122 with Matt Hafey of Trivium, uh, shout outs go to Danny Gilliatt, Mike Grabowski, Nikki Mackinaw, Mackasack, M-A-C-I-S-A-A-C, Mackasack. <clears throat> Nikki Makasak, Tyler Byram, Kyle Mc- Jesus Christ, I can't even read my own handwriting. Look at this. Kyle Kyle McCown, Fist, Growing Up Rock Podcast and Sunny Pooney, Discography Discussion, Joel Baggett, Tiffany Taylor, Tulip Doss, Saturday Night Jam Session Podcast, and Eric Moore, who I have to call out on this episode. Eric Moore left some sunflower seeds in my car. And now I'm addicted to those fucking things, and I've bought like four bags of them, and I'm, I, I, it's like the second grossest habit behind smoking. Like, there's just sunflower seeds everywhere, and it's gross. Welcome to the dark side, my friend. I am addicted, absolutely addicted to the jumbo uh, regular Davids, just the regular mm-hmm. salted Yeah. I, oh, my God. I I've got a huge bag of them next to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I was at the, at the grocery earlier, and I bought some like ranch-flavored ones. I'm like, I'm going to try these out. I've been on them for like a week now. They're terrible, so you can suck at Eric Moore. Thanks for ruining my day. Uh, <laughs> AC, that's at A-A-U-L-T-1. On Twitter, Ear Peeler, our good friend Vic, and uh, Matthew Powers. So I appreciate all you guys. And if you want to uh, shout out on the next episode of the podcast, make sure to hit that share button, hit that retweet button, and you will get shouted out on an upcoming episode. And this is going to be a great one, man. Uh, I, you know, like I said, I, I went through the interview last night, kind of going going over it with Rita Haney, talking all kinds of uh, all things Dimebag Daryl. And man, I'm just so so proud and so happy to have someone in the Dimebag and in the uh, Pantera camp on the podcast. So it's it's uh it's just going to be a good episode. 
you and me both, man. When you uh, when you first told me that you got that interview, I was like, holy shit! So I was all stoked, and it was funny because we, I told you. I would have to talk to her for a few minutes before we started recording because I didn't want to go all fanboy on her. And I ended up doing it anyway, I think. <laughs> I think it comes <laughs> yeah. across in the audio. But Yeah, the first uh the first four minutes of the interview is you fanboying out about uh, you know pizza and Pantera. So Well, that's not really a fanboy thing, my my story about getting fired because of delivering pizza to Pantera, but I did fanboy out. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but it was cool, man. How often do you get to talk to somebody who is like the closest person to dying besides Vinnie Paul? So, right. And, you know, Pantera is one of my top favorite bands ever. You know, and it's your favorite band. So, and I honestly, dude, the interview went so well. She was such a great person to talk to. She was very gracious. And she really touched on a lot of stuff that was you would think is very, very personal and would, would be difficult for her, but she didn't shy away from anything. So it was, it was really good. Yeah. At the very beginning, uh, before we did the interview, before we started interviewing, I mean, she flat out said, you know, hit me with the hard stuff. Don't hold back. And, uh, I immediately asked her her true feelings on Phil Anselmo and she went on and talked for a little while. Um, I, I clipped that and, uh, I clipped a little bit at the end of it too. Uh, I definitely have to throw it up there on the, the, maybe on the Patreon page, like you and I were talking about before we started recording, throw it up there somewhere. It didn't, it didn't really fit in the interview, but, uh, it was still a cool little, uh, little snippet for the, uh, for the Patreon people. Yeah, definitely. There was a lot of stuff like that that I wasn't sure that she would answer, but also if she did, if it would be something we hadn't heard before. Because a lot of those questions, you've got to figure she's been asked a bunch of times. But we really got some stuff that we hadn't heard, which was really cool. So, um, yeah, you should definitely throw that up because that was very interesting. Yeah, it's good stuff. And uh, so we're going to go ahead and just get right into it. So let's do our cover of the week and then let's talk to Rita Haney. And then uh, John and I will come back after the interview and maybe uh, talk a little bit more Pantera and get out of here. But uh, but yeah, it's actually funny. I was uh, maybe a Facebook memory or something that popped up and uh, it said uh, uh, New Year's resolution for 2017. And it was to get all living members of Pantera on the podcast. I've yet to do that. But we got Rita Haney, so so 2017's not over yet, and uh, we start with Rita Haney. You know, maybe uh, we'll throw that out into the universe, and maybe uh, maybe we'll get uh, Phil, Vinny, or Rex on the podcast at some point before the end of the year, or just make it your 2018 resolution, <laughs> right? Just keep that. I mean, that's just a that's just a talk to me, uh, you know, a talk to me resolution, it, not year specific. <laughs> right it's just uh it's an infinite resolution <laughs> open-ended so for the talk to me cover of the week brought to you by puck hockey that's p-u-c-k-h-c-k-y make sure to head over to puckhockey.com shop till you drop use the promo code talk at checkout for 10 percent off your entire order yes that is talk as in talk to me for 10 percent off your entire order of doyle t-shirts 36 crazy fist head p-e testament exodus even some snoop dog stuff over there so uh so yeah get all some great stuff and uh, use the promo code TALK, like I said, for 10% off your entire order. So for the Talk To Me cover of the week, and then right into the Rita Haney interview, let's do a Pantera covering the badge. Philip H. Anselmo here, and you're listening to Talk To Me Podcast. Rock on. Stuck on this. Oh, oh, oh. Young dumb teens, young fancy, we're trying to be 
guys we have rita haney on the line you guys know her as dime bags hag and uh, we we are talking today about dime vision volume two roll with it or get rolled over rita thank you so much for taking the time tonight and coming on talk to me oh man thank you guys so much for all the support and love that you give don i mean i can't thank you enough and thanks for having me oh absolutely you it definitely um 
you know, you, you don't have to ask to uh, for us to talk wonders about Dimebag Daryl. Um, you know, I, I think I've done this will be like 123 episodes, and I think we've talked about Dimebag on 123 episodes. So, uh, you know, he's uh, you know he's he was always a great character, and uh, you know, great to all the fans, and and you know, obviously taking taking away from us way too soon. Absolutely, I completely agree with all of that. <laughs> that dude got me fired from a job. <laughs> That's even more kick-ass. Would you uh, go out and party with him? <laughs> oh, you know, ironically, it was not partying, but it's, um, you know, Josh, having been a touring musician, he's got way cooler stories than me because I didn't, I didn't get an assigned band, but so like, one of my only stories involving an actual celebrity is with Diamond Pantera because uh, a couple of my best friends, uh, Chris Aiken and Matt Wardlaw, they, up here in Cleveland, they had a show on our, our main rock station called The Metal Show. And back in um, the late 90s when uh, 101 Proof was coming out, they did an in-store at a local record store with the, with the guys. And I was delivering pizza as a part-time job at the time. <laughs> and there, the record store was in the same delivery area. Well, I, I get this like kind of frantic phone call about 6 o'clock. I was working. And he says, he says, what are you doing? I said, I'm working. He says, well, the guys are running real late. They're hungry. We're hungry. We got 2,000 people in line. We didn't expect this. We need food. Can you bring pizza? I was like, oh, yeah, I can bring pizza. It's friggin' Pantera. <laughs> so, you know, and at the time, everybody would take pizzas to their friends and stuff. It wasn't a big deal. So I grabbed, I think it was six to eight pies, which is a little extreme, but it's fucking Pantera. So, you know, I went and did one delivery, and I, I went and delivered the pizzas, and you know, there was, like I said, there's like 2,000 people in line for this thing. It just was way over what they expected. And no one got in yet because the guys had just got there. And so my buddy's like, do you want to meet Pantera? I'm like, I can't wait in this line. He says, no, 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 right now. I was like, uh, yeah. So he hands me he hands me a copy of this music magazine he owned at the time, a local magazine up here. And he opens the door, shoves me, and he's like, have a blast. And there's me and two other people. And I walk up and I'm standing right in front of the table and it's, you know, I met, I met, uh, Vinny first. I'm like, Vinny, what's up, man? Like such a big fan. Like, great to meet you. He's like, thanks dude. And he gives me a big old handshake. And I met Dime and he was just like, I told him like, dude, you're such a huge influence on my guitar players and my band and myself and fucking love you guys, man. It's great to meet you. And he got up and he gave me this big old bear hug. He's like, thanks brother. He's like, love it, man. Keep rocking out and all this stuff. He was really cool. Talked to me for a second. He signed my magazine. I still have it. it says Daryl says hi, but it's spelled H I G H. <laughs> so that was <laughs> that was pretty funny. And um, so you know, go back to work and everything. I'm all jazzed up. So that was like on a Wednesday, I think. And Saturday morning was my next shift. I go in to check the schedule before I hit the road, and my name's erased off the schedule. And I was like, what the hell? Somebody's messing with me. So I go to the owner. I was like, hey, my name's off. Someone played a joke and erased my name off the schedule. When do I work? He's like, ah, I did that. Well, we don't, we don't need you this week. I was like, oh, all right. Well, when, when do you need me back? He goes, yeah, we, we kind of don't need you back at all. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, you, you, you stole, you stole pizza. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah. Yeah. Someone, someone said you stole pizza and gave it to a band. Like, <laughs> I was like, uh, but like everybody takes food around here. He's like, yeah, we got to let you go. So he ended up canning me for delivering pizza to Pantera. So nice. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I thought you were totally going to tell me the, the typical, like he would, uh, you know, we'd be up drinking and partying, whatever, you know, at the house and he'd hit our, our local pizza place and, um, you know, call him up for a delivery the next day after he'd wake up and he was hungry and it would never fail. Like if there was no one in the house to play with, if he'd only slept a few hours, 
could hit the pizza delivery guys and I'd get up and come in there and find, or I'd get a phone call and it'd wake me up too sometimes. And, and it would be the, the Domino's pizza close to us. And I'm like, what's <laughs> up? And they're like, Hey, are our drivers there? And I go, I don't know. Let me go check. And I'd go in there and sure enough, there'd be like one or two of the pizza guys in there. They'd been there, you know, for almost an hour drinking shots with him, smoking weed. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> uh, hey, man, your boss called. They need you back at work. But he would do that all the time. So I thought you were going to tell me that he kept you there doing shots. <laughs> no, no, this was a little more, a little more, uh, a little more innocuous than that. But, uh, but still, yeah. that kind of blows. It's like, dude, it's six pies. Here, take it out of my check. Dude, I know. I, I just the story. The story itself was was so worth it because I called in their show. Their show. Their show was on Sunday nights, and so I, I called in. I called in that Sunday. You know, the day after I got canned, I was like, "Have I got a story for you guys?" <laughs> so all of Cleveland got to hear my. You know, got fired for delivering pizza to Pantera store. So it was pretty. Hopefully you got a big tip at least out of it. So <laughs> <laughs> they didn't. Well, well, the the tip was meat and dime. I was like, that's good enough for me, man. That was, you know, for me, one of your favorite bands of all time, like top five. That's that's enough tip for me. Fuck cash. <laughs> <laughs> Killer man. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, Rita. Well, let's jump into this. Uh, the to dime vision and um. The one thing about you know the the Pantera home videos, the first dime vision. Uh, Everything that was uh, surrounding all of that, the one thing that I always noticed was was Dime always had a camera, and he always had a camera like you know, here I am in Cleveland, you know, not, not trying to feel it too hard and all that stuff. And um, what do you think Dime would have been in like today's culture of like Facebook Live and YouTube and, and video, you know, uh, vlogs and things? Do you think he would have uh, you know gravitated towards all this and maybe even had his own podcast or something? Do you, you feel like he would have uh, did all this stuff? Shit, even back in what the nineties. I think it was he had a 976 number you know where he used to update that thing all the time his his business cards for it were really funny too so but uh yeah totally i mean he constantly you know had that camera plus with the way today's phones are man he would have i think he would have even captured more stuff you know i mean don was the he was a real what a real reality star should be you know he didn't have to have somebody script or, or write moments in your life to make it exciting i mean he created those himself you know it was it, you know that stuff's going on around you all the time and and uh you just got to see it and he he did you know that's like our whole point of why we call it don vision because he would notice things that most people your average person just let pass right by you know mm -hmm. So, yeah, he definitely would have been all over it. I think he'd have been like the shorter, you know, Snapchat, IG kind of person, <laughs> you know, not all the, the Facebook because he wasn't so good at even checking email. You know, that's why I came into play. So <laughs> which which was perfect, you know, because then it gave me a chance to get to work with him a lot closer the last few years, you know, with endorsements. And, you know, and I learned a lot. So, yeah, he would have totally embraced it. So for the past 13 years, you've you've pretty much, you know, flown the Dimebag Daryl flag and kind of kept his memory alive. And, and you know, it's, it has been 13 years and, and uh, you know, almost a whole nother musical generation has kind of come up and, uh, you know, may or may not know of Dimebag as much as they should. And how is this for you? you know, personally kind of having to, you know, go back and, and go through the uh, archives and go through all of the old recordings and, and try to find, you know, st uh, stuff for this. How, how is it on you? Is it a, you know, how emotional, I guess, is it on you? 
you know, it gets pretty heavy at, at times emotionally. And, uh, but overall, I mean, just the laughter and just uh, laughing as much as we do in just a few hours that most people probably don't even laugh that much in a year, you know, is, I mean, it's magical. It's like still having him here. I mean, you know, like you were saying, you know, 13 years has gone by and it just does not even seem like that to me. You know, it still seems like yesterday. Uh, you know, people tell you, I mean, and trust me, I've heard, uh, you know, move on, go live your life, stop, you know, riding on dimes, coattails, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I mean, people can get vicious, but, you know, when you've never gone through something like this or or you've never met your person, you know, Daryl's my person. Mm -hmm. So it's 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 not um it's not a burden or anything i mean it's my life and and i'm so happy that i have all this stuff that still surrounds me that i can share with other people because he's like the most magical person i think i've ever known and you know there's not a lot like him out there and uh i don't think at the time i mean i knew he was hilarious and exceptional and everything you know about him but but, you know, you don't really, like people say, you don't really know until something's not there just exactly how special it was. And and I want to share that with people. So, uh, it you know, he wouldn't have put a camera in my hand had he not wanted people to see it. You know, that's how <laughs> I look at it. So yeah. What would have been the purpose, you know? But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's amazing, to, you know, to sit in a room and, and start remembering things that you forgot about or seeing things that you actually didn't shoot, like Bobby Tong shot or, or something I shot at home that he hadn't seen. So, so yeah, it's it's killer to get to just to go through the footage. And there's so much of it, I mean, that we haven't even gone through still, you know, all kinds of formats, which, you know, is another tough thing today that, you know, trying to find players that aren't going to chew up your tape so you can get it over to digital and <laughs> right. so forth. And, yeah. So, yeah, it's a process, you know, but uh, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I, I am so blessed that I get to do this, you know, every day if I want. I think that was uh, a question that I had for you, Rita, is, you know, a lot of people, you know, when they when they lose somebody the way, you know, when you lose somebody, especially, you know, with, with what happened to Dime, you know, maybe like some time away, some people kind of don't want to be reminded. But in your case, I mean, the first Dime Vision came out only just a few short years after, you know, after after Dime Dime left. So Yeah, we, we jumped right into it. I think in two thousand five and six, me and Ezra and Bobby Tongs were right to work on it, you know, compiling yeah. and putting stuff together. So it was it was right after. Yeah. And Do you and, think and you know and you can see the difference in these two volumes as well as that that first Dime Vision volume one is uh, more melancholy, more of a tribute. You know, because yeah. everybody was feeling everything so emotionally and, and just the grieving process and stuff where this one goes back to the original recipe of, you know, going and blowing and fireworks and just whipping your ass where you got to go back and watch it, you know, 20 times just to catch every little thing. So hopefully and it's more upbeat. So it's that Dom style. So hopefully everybody will uh, really enjoy it for that reason. Right. I'm sorry. You were probably going to ask me something different. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just. I was just. That's all right. I, Any, anything you have to say is good with me. But uh, no, I was just. I, my my question was just going to be: Do you feel like jumping right in and constantly being surrounded by you know all this footage and all these reminders actually helped with the healing process rather than you know kind of made it go slower? No, you know what? Honestly, 
I, if, if everybody could have the process that I've had as far as that being the best therapy in the world is to surround yourself by people who love him as much as you do. I mean, you would be, it's probably the only reason I can get out of bed or, or have been able to get out of bed for 13 years is because of that. I mean, it was looking back, I'm so glad that I, I had Daryl's people, you know, to, uh, to be out on the road, even when we were doing just, you know, festivals and doing his merch and, and tons of people would come by and say, Hey, and tell their dime stories. And, or just, you know, even if they didn't have a dime story, but just what he meant to them musically and stuff, just to be able to get to share that. I mean, there's no therapy that's better. I don't care how much money you could spend on the best therapist in the world. That is the healing process is to have that. And it makes you, yeah, like I said, it makes you get up every day and want to want to be out in the world, not curl up in a ball and just go over what you don't have. Because then, of course, you're going to miss what you still have or what you still do, you know, out there. So, yeah, it was it's been the most amazing thing to have people, you know, that that loved his music, loved him just to embrace me as well. Yeah, I just you can't it's, you can't describe it. So. <laughs> All right, so let's kind of go way, way back. Um, how old were you and Dime when you guys first met? I know you guys were super young. Uh, yeah, we were like eight years old in the neighborhood. Oh, wow, I didn't realize it was that young. Yeah, yeah, we used to ride our bikes at this little uh, area that was, you know, a new construction for housing and stuff, like in, in where, where his uh, mom and where he had grown up, you know, at his mom's house. And um, in Arlington, and yeah, it was just this whole area that, it was just all dirt and, you know, just what we called the bike trails. And I pushed him off his bicycle, actually. But <laughs> I don't remember what he said to me, but it was something. You know how kids can be. And I was, of course, a little taller than him then, being eight years old. So I was like, what did you say? You know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we go back pretty far. So... So I'm assuming, I mean, I guess, I mean, I think Dime was a pretty early guitar player. I mean, but when, when did you kind of notice him getting serious about wanting to play? Um, you know, uh, I think the love of Kiss is what really, uh, you know, I mean, he was like the hugest Kiss fan. So was I. And, and yeah, Ace was responsible for that for sure. Um, but I would say, gosh, I remember like seeing him play like a couple shows, like at Big Wheel Skateland, this little uh, skating rink that was close to us when we were uh, maybe 13 or 14. And I know they did some like keg parties and stuff where I was seeing him play. And he was already awesome then, you know. So I'd say probably 14, 15 was, you know, was when I really, you know, you could just see the magic already in him. You know, he was pretty magical as a kid anyway, though. Yeah. So, I mean, even then, when we were younger, you still wanted to be around Daryl. He was just funny and and just always, you know, had a plan of something to do for the day, you know? One of the big stories that I've read about Dime from a couple people since, you know, following up on Josh's question is that, you know, Dime was a good guitar player and, you know, everyone's like, yeah, he's okay. He's, he's an okay guitar player and basically hold himself up in his bedroom and people barely saw him for like three, four months. And all of a sudden he comes out and he's like Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> so I, I've read that a bunch of places. Is that, is that pretty accurate? And if so, like what was yeah, your kind of know, reaction he, to it? Um, 
he well he was playing rhythm you know back in like the very first formations of Pantera and you know Rex didn't even play bass and they had a different bass player as well different singer even before Terry and um uh so yeah there were a few few other members in there when they first started out and uh he was rhythm and he just got better you know uh it's that whole Van Halen thing you know where he tried to try to kick around the drums a little bit but Briggs or I'm sorry, Vinny just you know whipped his ass. So yeah, it's like he had to be something else. And yeah, you're right. You know, he just locked himself away and would just play records and learn them and whatever songs he liked and what he was into. And yeah, you know, it's that's that first love. You know, you and Wendy Dio are both kind of carrying on a legacy. You know, we lost Ronnie, we lost Dime. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that you and Wendy actually, uh, you know, are are in in uh, talks with each other. I think you were even at the uh, the bowl for Ronnie uh, over over the couple of weeks ago or whatnot. Um, how how closely are you two, and uh, how much do you guys talk about uh, carrying on legacies like this? Uh, you know, she is an amazing woman. I mean, you know, when I was a kid growing up and, and just listening to Dio and Rainbow and everything, you know, she's she's like in that iconic royalty range for me, like Sharon Osbourne, you know, they're them two are those that level and and to get to work with her now, I mean, that's like an, it's an honor. Um, I mean, she's really smart. She's been around even through an era of music that I wasn't, and she's uh, been really helpful uh, for a lot of things. And um, actually, I I know her and I are doing uh, uh, the intro for the memoriam at the the Loudwire Awards together. And yeah, and, and we just did the bowling thing. So uh, I I love her to pieces. I mean, she's she's given me some really amazing advice and. And I, I try, she's like a gem, a treasure, you know, and like I said, it's me growing up. It's like an honor for me to go, wow, I finally got to work with Wendy Dia, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm a fan, yeah, you know, of all music. So, but yeah, that thing is iconic. How difficult has it been to kind of, in a way, be the torchbearer for a band as you know, at this point, legendary is Pantera because, you know, Vinny's moved on to hell. Yeah. And he doesn't really talk too much about Pantera anymore, but you, you know, as, as Josh alluded to, you've kind of been flying the dime bag flag for all these years. How difficult has that been for you to kind of take over that mantle? Um, you know, I don't know. I guess I'd look at it like I had to take over or really try. I mean, I understand, you know, the rest of the guys, you know, Vinny, especially, uh, you know, Vince ain't so great with change. He's always been set in his ways, and you know, he's that Vinnie Paul the brick wall. And I mean, and it's not just his drumming, you know, when it comes to, to his world as well. And, and I get, you know, him meeting his person and, and living his life. And, and then I'm sure when he sees me, that's the first thing he thinks of is what's missing. And, and I get it, you know, I, I, I totally understand that, but I, sorry if I get emotional. No. <laughs> um, I, uh, I would have to say, like I said, you know, Daryl's my person and I'm so happy that I, I have him every day still in my life. So any, any, and you know, you, you get the really horrible people that don't know you, didn't know him, don't know our relationship or our history that, yeah, you know, or, you know, riding on those coattails, you're, 
you know, move on, quit, you know, trying to whatever. But he is my life. He is my world. And I'm like I said, it, it's not a job. It's 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 not hard. I'm just glad that I have it. And uh, I mean, yeah, that's I'd say that's probably the hardest part is just the hurtful things. But you know what? That was one thing that I learned that Daryl always used to say to me, do not have thin skin in this business. And he's right. You know, it's that whole Dimbonics. You roll with it or you get rolled over. So, motherfucker, get out of my way. You know, that's just <laughs> how I see it. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's also the fact that I'm just such a fan. I, I'm, I mean, one of the biggest Pantera fans, too. So, yeah, it, I, I love every minute of it. So, with the... You know, with Dimebag, with uh, you know, with Vinny, with with uh, Rex, with Phil. I mean, do, do you kind of have their blessing to do this? You know, with the Dime Vision stuff. I mean, how involved are those guys with with what you're doing? Um, you know, Vinny, of course, is hands on with this whole project. You know, with me and Bobby, um, he uh, is our executive producer. So, of course, everything after we went through this and all the months of putting things together, then. We'd shoot him to him because, you know, he's been on the road a lot. And, and Vince would, you know, view him, give us his opinions, any changes, things that he thought could make it better. And and so he's very involved. And uh, definitely, definitely we have his blessing. Uh, you know, as far as Rex and Philip go, they're not as hands-on as far as the video footage and project. But I do send them, you know, the little clips and things that we use with them and just say, Hey man, is that just cool with you? And they've, they've all been great. You know, I think they're happy to be uh, part of Daryl's world instead of, you know, where they were pretty much kind of erased in that first one. You know, it was really, really emotional and really hard to, to look at them or, or hear from them or see them, you know, during that time until, you know, because you do want to put blame someplace, and sometimes it's projected in the wrong place. And, you know, I mean, as far as me personally, I, I can't really speak for Vinny or anybody else, you know, as far as how they all feel with each other. But I totally understand it. And I, I think overall with all of them, yeah, I think we have their blessings, you know. I mean, I know I know Bobby and I, we're, we're getting you know, we've already started, you know, work on Panther 4, so they're all ready to go and can't can't wait for it to come out, too, for their fans. You know, not just, just dime stuff, so. <laughs> Whoa, so so you're, you're saying there's going to be a Pantera home video part four? Yes, if. Uh. And, this, and this all depends, because the way, you know, we ha- there's not a market for DVDs anymore, you know, and that's what the industry told us, and. And, you know, they passed on us and I had to go to our really good friend, Brian Slagle, and just to get get this going and, you know, with Metal Blade. And um, so this video is kind of we're going to prove you wrong. There's still this strong cult following for Pantera Home Videos and Don Vision. So if the people, you know, get out and really support this package and go old school and, and not the digital format, because, you know, it's so hard to get clearances for every little thing. That's exactly why the previous Pantera videos are not out there on iTunes that you can get them, because trying to go back and get all those clearances, just it would be so expensive today. There's just no way, you know, so we have to go with the old school format. And if people will support it, and show the love, and it does well, then that gives us the green light for the next project. So it's really going to depend on that. 
Well, I if I could throw in something personal and then ask another question, but uh, speaking of going old school, I I as soon as I saw the announcement on Blabbermouth about Dime Vision Two, I pre-ordered it. So I'm one of those people that does it old school. And if Pant if if the if the Pantera Home Video Part Four comes out, I'll be doing exactly the same thing because my brother and I those videos are like religion to us. I can still quote them like chapter and verse. <laughs> Dude, so, I, exactly. Oh. So much footage for Pantera Four because you have to think after Far Beyond Driven. You know, there was still, what, four huge two-year tours for, you know, the rest of, what, the live, the Great Southern Trend Kill, Reinventing the Steel. And, you know, you have to think how many years each leg of tour, each country, whatever that those did, that that was all, welcome to Pantera Home Video 4, because it just never got made, so it kept being that. So there's there's more than than enough for more than one volume than four for sure yeah that that in store that i mentioned when we started talking actually my buddy got a release ask you know about that because there's footage of of that crowd oh yeah that insanity and it's (laughs) it's it's, i was like well they're not doing another pantera video though i wouldn't think but apparently uh yeah (laughs) it's in which has come true but yeah. So my question, um, going back to Dime, Dime Vision 2. Now, I mean, as, as we talked about, it's been, you know, over a decade since the first one. Um, what took so long with getting a second one together? Um, honestly, time just got away. I mean, that was always our plan was to do one each year. And then, you know, uh, Vinny was, of course, putting the, his band together and touring. And then I was going out on all the mayhem festivals and uproars and and Bobby was touring with Manson and Slipknot. And like I said, it just got away. And, and you know, other things came up in our personal lives. And I know me, myself, I had to deal with some medical issues for a couple of years. And, and, and it, you know, during that time made me also see through different eyes as well as, you know, hey, man, you can go at any time. I already knew that when it came to Daryl, but. You know, as far as my my personal issues, you know, I, it wasn't something I could focus on at the time either. You know, so I kind of had to disappear myself for a little bit and uh, take care of me. And uh, but, yeah, it finally came together and it was right, you know, as far as being a little more clear minded and, and not so much in that grieving zone. I mean, of course, that never goes away. I mean, I know it doesn't for me, but. But you you can focus more on on projects and things, and it just yeah everything just finally came together where Bobby was off the road and and Vinny was down for it, and so here we go, you know, watch it go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was never it was never our intention to let that much time go by. So yeah, I'm super excited about the, uh, the this new uh, you know new Dime Vision. Um, let's kind of go over a few of the perks over on Pledge Music. Um, I guess first off, what kind of gave you the idea to do a Pledge Music to to fund part of this? Um, you know what? A couple of people had actually brought it to my attention, and I've seen other campaigns on there. You know, uh, like our Panthers management side had you know been talking about it, but also just for the pre-order fact of since it was an old school package and not being able to throw it up digitally, you know, uh, was just the best format for us. Plus, you know, I just, I got a lot of stuff, you know, at the house that what am I ever going to do with all of it? I mean, I still got precious things that I will never part with and who knows what the hell's going to happen to it when I'm not here. But, um, hopefully I'll figure out something before <laughs> then. 
but you know and and i still got a bunch of stuff that we're about to reload of the pledge music with you know it'll be stage clothes and and lots of daryl's you know favorite t-shirts and we'll do you know certificates with it and photos to authenticate you know you know because like there's a like daryl's yellow shirt that says beer across it you know that's one of the items that'll go up and i know people know that shirt yeah i know that one i mean there's a lot of photos out there of him wearing it and you know just in his his ace airbrushes and his gene simmons and you know just some stuff like that so but yeah it just really seemed like you know people are really trying to find other avenues with the way the industry is today it's not the same anymore and and a lot of bands can't uh you know afford to even just go on the road I mean, people aren't selling uh, records and stuff they're just ripping music and and yeah you just got to figure out another platform and this just happens to be a really cool tool you know that's available right now i'm glad somebody thought it up but yeah so that was really the reason we chose that route was to be able to you know put the old school package up and offer you some really cool props and items you know from the previous videos yeah, absolutely. I'm just kind of running through a little bit of it, The uh, which I, I think is great. The Super Bundle with the Access Pass is $333, so that's a, always a great number in the Pantera camp. Of course, uh, You know, yes. Collector's Edition hardback, uh, large format photo book containing never-before-published photos, all kinds of great stuff there. Um, you know, I mean, basically, if you're if you're a Dimebag Daryl fan, you need to head over to Pledge Music. Uh, slash projects slash Dime Vision Two, and go ahead and get in on the pre-order because this comes out what November twenty-fourth. So yeah. Yeah. Yes. yes. Black Friday. Oh, there you go. Record store day. Yeah. So, but yeah, definitely. Uh, I think we just dropped a new uh, clip today uh, for uh, you know a new trailer. I think just went up there. Uh, we're just about to load some stuff into the access pass. So if you're a pledger, then you get that exclusively. It gets emailed to you. So some interviews, some things like that, that nobody else will get, you know. Oh, wow. uh, I, but, yeah, I think it's just a really cool tool to be able to reach people with. And all the proceeds of this, all the money that we're raising is going right back into Dime Vision Volume 3. So we will at least be able, we know we'll be able to make that, you know, even if we have to do it ourselves and the label's aren't out there behind us you know so outside of outside of the dime vision stuff i mean uh you know how involved are you with like the ride for dimes and the different chapters around the country and uh are you planning on anything like a like a bowl for ronnie type thing you know would you ever do a you know bowl for dimes somewhere in dallas or something like that definitely you know they're all love going bowling that was kind of our ritual you know i know Vinny still does it every thanksgiving and every christmas day you know, we'd always do our Thanksgiving dinner, watch football, and then go bowling that night. And then same for the Christmas Eve blowout party and Christmas Day. We all went bowling because shit, there wasn't anything else open, you know. And uh, not for great bowlers, but it's fun. And, yeah, I'd love to do a, a bowl for Dime. Just, you know, I've got some really good uh, photos of him. He always had this thing when he'd pick up a spare or bowl a strike. You know, he'd always run and just jump really high and then land <laughs> straddle of the... Uh, of the little ball return thing and oh it just sounded so painful because i was like dude how do you do that not rack yourself you know but (laughs) it was an art to it (laughs) like you said you got a free ball because if not as you go up in the air you got to be able to let your balls fly up too so they don't slap (laughs) and i'm like oh okay (laughs) absolutely but yeah you even had a technique doing that so (laughs) 
but so yeah, as far as the, yeah, the ride for times, I just took that over last year as far as the 501c3. So still, you know, trying to sort out some stuff. And like I said, had some medical issues that kind of got in the way this year, but we're planning a little small get together, um, uh, in Dallas for December 8th for ride for done there and, you know, incorporate in a toy run. I know we talked about adding a couple of more dime bashes next year as well, because all of that now is together with the Ride for Dime, the 501c3 uh, nonprofit. I've kind of combined the two. And, uh, but yeah, I, I love doing that stuff. I mean, I think it'd be great if we could, you know, take to some other places besides just the U.S. stuff. We just did um, one up for the tri-state area. It was like Jersey, New York, and Philly. All together, that was August 26th at Starland Ballroom. And that was really a lot of fun, you know, for that chapter to, to come to light. So, and, you know, we've got something planned next year. So hopefully that one keeps going strong, too. But, yeah, anybody that's interested, you know, you want to start a chapter and want us to come in and help out and do some some cool shows and stuff, then all you got to do is hit us at ridefordime.com and we'll get you some info. I mean, you had said that there's so much footage for this stuff, so kind of going back to that. What's something that you found that you maybe weren't aware of that was, like, really surprising or just really unique that, you know, you would, you think the fans would be like, holy crap, like something that even even surprised or maybe even shocked you in going through all these hours and hours of footage? Oh, shoot, huh. Uh, actually, I know there's a segment in there of Daryl's CPAP machine where he's getting fitted that morning. I completely forgot that that's even on tape. Bobby Tongs came across it, and uh, I was like, oh, great. I just climbed out of bed, and I'm in my pajamas. Yay. You know? Because <laughs> <laughs> so, the, the doc dude showed up like at, uh, he was supposed to be there, I think, at 10, and he shows up like an hour early, and Daryl and his friend had still been up partying, you know, and I told him, now go to bed early. You got this fitting in the morning and I went to bed, and, but he didn't, you know, <laughs> so, <laughs> and you know, the whole thing that, that about getting fitted for a CPAP machine is that you have to close your, your mouth and let the air like hit you, you know, so that they can regulate the setting on it. And through the whole thing, he would not quit talking. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's funny, but I mean, like that one surprised me because I completely had forgotten about it. I was like, oh, shit, I didn't even realize, remember that was even being filmed, you know. But uh, I don't know. There's there's a lot of stuff, you know. There's a lot of stuff on the Pantera thing that that is is good. Uh, we got some full frontal nudity going on in this one, which is pretty funny. Um, <laughs> it goes, it, it has like the perfect soundtrack to it too, because it's. Um, this song uh, that he wrote in like 1986 called True. So it's got these like really just total gayity keyboards that are just awful on it. But uh, <laughs> but his his pipes are so kick ass when he's singing on it. But it's a complete like George Michael tune. You know, you could totally, I don't know, like something out of Wham or something. But um, yeah, I got the yeah. uh, the promo of that the other day, and yeah, it's real rough. <laughs> like, I, was, I was listening to that. The, uh, yeah, but, the, but yeah, if you check, but if you check out the words too, what he's saying, mm -hmm. I mean, even that early on, I mean, it's that whole scenario of get you a pull. You know, it's you know, time's truth. It's you know, you just be true to yourself and. And yeah, and like I said, it's singing on it's kick ass. But yeah, you have to get past those keyboards. But. <laughs> <laughs> 
but yeah so uh I don't know. That's a tough one, I guess, to pick out. See, you hit me with something that off the top of my head. I just, nobody's asked me that question yet. <laughs> After doing it all day, that's what I was hoping to do. <laughs> so you did. There we go. All right. Well, let's hit you with a few, a uh, few hard hitting questions and then uh, I'll let you go. You've been so gracious with your time today, but uh, so you've, you've kind of reconciled with Phil over these years. And I know that, you know, they're even going back to the VH1 behind the music. I mean, we know that, you know, you were basically told Phil to, you know, if he shows up, you know, you were going to kill him yourself and type stuff. And, uh, you, you know, it's, it's weird about the way that was kind of taken a little out of context, you know, basically when he had called, he was talking about, coming over to uh vine and daryl's house right then at that moment and vinnie's plane had just landed and he was coming from the airport to the house you know from ohio and i was you know I, I, what i'd said was no if you show up here well he had said something really crappy to me on the phone and you could tell that he he was in a fog he totally was on drugs he was not the philip i know and you know he uh when he said to me right things happen to right people and i was like what did you say and he said that to me again and that's when i said if you show up here i'll i'll blow your head off myself and i was referring to our home but you know they put it in there and made um, it sound like, like i i said that about him coming to daryl's funeral and that's really not where that was taken from because Vinny made that decision and I respected the decision of he couldn't be in that room with him at that time. And I understood that, you know, I didn't want to either, you know, so, uh, but yeah, what I had to say and what they used in there was referring to him coming to our home, uh, not. Yeah. So just to clear that up, <laughs> I'm glad we got that. But um, as, yeah, as far as, Philip and I go, like I said, you know, a lot of times there were things that were, were, I guess, blamed that was laid on him that, that wasn't his to bury, I mean, to, uh, burden, you know, to carry. Um, he, I still have resentments and we don't agree on the way some things went, but, uh, I know now when I look in his eyes, you know, it's the Philip I know. It's not, a drug induced in some kind of weird heroin haze or whatever you want to call it. I don't know. I'm not so familiar with that because it wasn't part of my world. You know what I mean? As far as I never tried the drug, so I couldn't tell you what it does to you, but I saw what it did to him and it made him a completely different person. So those two people are like two different people to me, you know? Yeah. Um, but as far as I know how much he loves Daryl, yes. And like I said, at the end of the day, we are all still family. But, you know, like I, I still have, you know, some resentments and some things that I know he did that really hurt Daryl. But, you know, that's between them. Mm -hmm. But I also know that the reason Daryl was hurt so bad was because of how much he loved Philip. You know, you can't you can't feel that kind of pain unless someone really matters to you. And Philip matters. You know, yeah. So uh, I just know I've been in that hot seat with Daryl. <laughs> I know his father has, Vinny has. I mean, and and he's just one of those people. He gets to the bottom of it. He resolves it. He doesn't let stuff go when someone matters. And you know, I've been forgiven. 
So I just know, you know, his father has, I just know that he would stand on stage next to him. You know, I, I know Daryl. He's the most forgiving person I've ever met. So do you think that a Pantera reunion would have happened by now had uh, Dime not been taken from us? I was just going to ask that exact oh, yeah. question. Oh, yeah. I totally think so. I mean, he had already made the effort to to get on the phone with Rex on his birthday on August 20th in 2004 and uh, and had made plans to speak with him again, you know. And uh, so, yeah, definitely because I know how, you know, in his heart he was Pantera. He always would be no matter what it was called damage plan or what that was always what was inside of him and i know the the things that he was feeling when he came home you know he felt like he had something to prove he didn't want to do those things with pat lockman pat had already been causing issues and there were problems and you know i have several voice messages from him that i still have of things that he left and was telling me about the things pat was doing yeah out there you know and he's like man i just I want to work with this dude. I want to fire him. Uh, you know, I just don't want people to think we're difficult to work with. You know, I mean, that's just <laughs> how he felt. So, so yeah, I definitely believe that, you know, they would be standing on stage together. That definitely took my next question. I was going to ask the, I was going to ask the damage plan question too, because I had heard that the Pat was becoming a real pain in the ass, like LSD. So, yeah, you know, you know and that was kind of the thing when he first came into the picture, you know, we were all talking on the back porch and, you know, him saying he, he wanted to part to be part of the band. And I know Daryl told him then he goes, well, dude, I got the guitars handled. And he's like, no, 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 you know, I, I want to audition. I want to sing. And I was like, well, OK, you know, shit, maybe since you're coming from the guitar player angle, you won't have LSD. I mean, that was like a big thing. But, you know, there was just a lot to him that what you saw at first was not what was hidden under the exterior you know i he had spoke several things to us about you know he had played in halford and um and you know he talked about how he had gotten ripped off there and didn't get paid his money and this and that and we just thought well that kind of sucks but then he turned around and tried to do the same thing about damage plans so you know it's just that same old uh repetitive whining i don't know but it wasn't true you know, and it wasn't true, I guess, in the case of Halford either. But, you know, Daryl told him coming in, you know, uh, we play the Pantera songs. Uh, you know, our fans want to hear that. We're not going to let them down. And, you know, that's part of it. And, you know, you may feel it. You know, we're giving you everything we can and, you know, putting you right up here. But, you know, you're going to get comparisons to Philip and so forth. But you stick it out, man. You, you'll you make a name yourself, you know. I mean, and he, it wasn't like he wasn't already known, you know, for, for his playing and stuff. But uh, he was given, like, a really killer opportunity. And then he just got, I don't want to play these songs anymore. And I'm not going to do this. And it's like, dude, you can't be like that. Wow. <laughs> that was, you knew You knew coming in this was part of it. But, yeah. But, you know, it was kind of a blessing in disguise, though. Because of him being so honorary there at the end, Daryl had dropped three tunes in his mailbox for him to write lyrics to. And he kept not doing it and just kind of being a tool about it. And so since he didn't write anything on it, they still lie there. And it's like me personally, as a fan, would love to see Philip and Rex on those. 
You know? uh, and so, you know, maybe one day, you know, Vinny will, Vinny will be open for that. You know, that's you one know? thing I've always, I've always said that I knew that there was some damage plan demos out there. And I would, I, I have said that myself on this show that I would love to, uh, you know, love for Vinny and, and uh, you know, Rex to, or I'm sorry, Phil and Rex to, to finish those out and, you know, maybe yeah, make a, a, a new Pantera song or two. Some, some tunes, yeah. I, me too. I would love it, you know. I know just going back, uh, Daryl wrote a lot of notes and, and handwritten things and ideas and put things down on tape. And that's something that he touches on is about always being Pantera and, and you know wanting to come out really strong and i just think in his in his heart i think it'd be nice for for the the fans to have that those those last few songs be what i know he was in his heart you know yeah do you see a day that uh vinnie and phil men fences and and you know maybe not even get on stage but maybe just sit down for a for a slice of pizza or something um uh, i just you can't never tell about Riggs the way I mean I'm sorry Vinny I'm so used to always calling him Riggs so. <laughs> that's all right <laughs> um um yeah you know I you just, it would nothing would surprise me I guess is is how I want to say that um I mean because you know there's been periods of time where he and I have gone and not spoke and and he surprises me so he's he's opened up a lot to to things I I don't want to say maybe thaw out a little bit but you know time time does heal sometimes but i don't i don't know i mean i i would i wouldn't not like to say well shit i'm tongue-tied uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just you know it's hard to answer for someone yeah, else i, got I guess you. say i me as a fan looking at it i would love to see those guys hop up on stage and belt a few tunes out together you know just just paying homage to to their fallen brother Mm -hmm. but uh as far as i don't know anything else i'm sure like i said i mean there's always going to be resentments of stuff that was really hurtful and you know i don't think you i don't think you get past those you just move on from those you know what i mean yeah so yeah i don't know never say never well i can always see i've I've always talked about uh surprising I've always talked about possibility of, of a rock and roll hall of fame. You know, maybe they get inducted one day and, and they almost kind of, you know, kind of forced to, to, to be on stage together. You know, maybe that'll open some, open some doors. Yeah, and, and, and you know, that is one thing, you know, Vinny, Vinny is there for his brother. So if something like that happened. I know Vinny would be there to show support for something that they did. He wouldn't let, yeah, he wouldn't let that get in the way or take away from, you know, something like that happening. So yeah, maybe you're right. Come on, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, Get make it happen. There. Go, go, go tell them, John. There, it's like right down the street from you. Yeah, hey, I'm, I'm of, 20 minutes from there. I, I believe me, I, I'll be the first one flying that flag for you. So yeah, um, I'm, I'm like yeah. <laughs> I've I've always wondered, uh, Rita, what your opinion is of you know that it's it's a big question among the fans and everyone speculates and talks about the whole. You know, if there was to be a Pantera reunion with Zach Wild on guitar, like what your thought? I mean, it's obviously something that probably never happened, but what your thoughts would be of something like that if it, you know, came uh, to fruition? Honestly, those four dudes that are Pantera were brothers, you know, and me, I, I just, I don't think you can call something Pantera without any one of them being present. 
you know, it took all four of them to create the magic and chaos, you know, that way. And I feel the respect factor for their, for, for Don plays a big part in it. And, you know, like I said, don't get me wrong. I'd love to see them, you know, jump up and belt out a few, t- few tunes, especially with some of Don's friends. But I don't think you could put that burden on one player. I mean, it's too heavy and too emotional, I know, even for, for Zach. And, but, you know, it'd be great to see, like, Z do a couple tunes, Carrie King do a couple tunes. I mean, hell, throw Phil Dimmel up there, too. He's a badass. Yes, he is. Yep. You know? but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I understand, like I said, maybe paying homage or paying tribute to Dime. But I don't ever see something being called Pantera. I don't think, I think it'd be too heavy emotionally for any three of those guys, you know, from Rex to Phil to Vinny especially, to look over there stage left and not see him standing there, you know. I mean, I think it's pretty tough that they, even still for them today, you know, moving on and playing in the bands that they play, you know. So, yeah, I I don't know about that. Well, Rita, once again, you know, thank you so much for for all the time tonight. We're we're coming up on an hour, so uh, and and I know, oh, <laughs> and, I know, and I know that uh, that John and I could talk for another four hours about all of this. But uh, let, let's plug uh, Dime Vision one more time. Um, let's see, let's pull it up real quick here. Dime Vision Volume Two: Roll with it or get rolled over. Out November twenty fourth. We will end this with uh, with a Pantera tune, and uh, we will let you pick it. And then maybe if you have a story of hearing it for the first time, or or you know uh, you know something off of an album that uh, Dime, you know, Rita, you got to hear this. You got to hear our new song. You know, you, any any uh, stories like that. Oh, well, shit. There's one for every song. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, you know what, though? As far as just one of my most favorite tunes is Message and Blood. Nice. You know, that, uh, would, I would say, is one of the most intricate songs that those guys ever did. And, you know, like Vinny says, you know, that's their their rush tune, you know, when it comes to, to jamming. But, yeah, I think Message and Blood. Let's play that one.
Matt Hapier from Trivium, and you're listening to Talk To Me on MetalNexus.net.
All right, that was a Message in Blood by Pantera, followed up by Black Map doing Run, Rabbit, Run. Uh, Black Map consists of members of uh, FAR, The Trophy Fire, and Dredge. And uh, make sure to head over to MetalNexus.net and check out the interview that Fist did with Ben Flanagan. Yeah, it's over there at MetalNexus.net, and you can also find everything Talk To Me over there at MetalNexus.net slash talk-to-me. But, uh, man, Rita Haney on the podcast, man. How great was that? That was insane. It was so much fun talking to her. It was so much good information. And, you know, like I was saying, the fact that we pretty much got confirmation that there's going to be a Pantera Home Video Part 4, that was a highlight for me. Because, as I told her, the first three are basically like religion for me. <laughs> so Yeah, they're, they're religion for me, too. I remember that was the one time that I went into media play, and uh, I was buying Vulgar Video on VHS, and I walked out. I was walking out, and the, uh, the little sensors went off. And they like pounced on me. I had long hair and I'm buying a Pantera or something or other. And, <laughs> and uh, they thought I was shoplifting. I mean, they thought they got like the kill of the day. And I was like, it's your fucking video. <laughs> like they scanned it and then I walked out. I have a receipt, so dickhead. I don't even know if I went back to media play. Yeah. You just lost a customer. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to Blockbuster Music. <laughs> How long did that last? I don't know, 20 minutes. All of, yeah. But yeah, and the one thing that uh, cut out after there too is after the interview was over, actually Rita pretty much invited us over to her over to the Dime Mansion in, in uh, Dallas, Texas. To, to you know, next time we're in Dallas, to give her a call and, and we could go by Dime's house. I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> yeah, right. I was I had asked her if she was still in the Dallas area because my stepdaughter lives there, and she said yeah, but you know she's mostly in L.A. And so I said, well, when I'm when I'm out there. She said, well, this is my cell, guys, so if you ever need anything, just hit me up. And we had said, oh, don't worry, we will. <laughs> so, and then <laughs> yeah. when I mentioned, yeah, you know, my stepdaughter lives out there, maybe I'll hit you up, we'll go grab a beer or something. She says, okay, yeah, let's do that. And she goes, well, why don't you just come over to the compound? And I was, I was like, what? Go over to Dimebag's house? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. So as soon as yeah. she said she's she- mostly in Dallas for like the holidays and whatnot, I was like, well. That's a perfect excuse to go spend Thanksgiving or Christmas with my stepdaughter. <laughs> so there we go. I will be spending uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas with the Drake family in Texas. <laughs> but, right. but that's what she said. She said, you know, hey, hey guys, this is my cell number. You know, hit me up if you ever need anything. And I, I basically just told her, I was like, you don't want to open that can of worms. Like, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, man, what a huge honor to have her on the podcast. Make sure you head over to Pledge Music and uh, check out Dime Vision 2. They have a lot of great videos up. You know, for the interview, they sent you like a promo copy. Have you gotten to watch the video yet? Yeah, I watched it. I just didn't want to like rub it in that I watched it. But yeah, I watched <laughs> it uh, a couple nights ago. How is it? It's pretty good, man. It, it's awesome. I mean, if you're into the Pantera home videos, if you're into Dime Vision, um, it's just cool to see like, you know, basically new footage of him because, you know, like you said, uh, you know, with all the Pantera home videos in the Dime Vision, stuff i mean i can quote that stuff in my sleep and you know to basically see new you know new uh new footage of him you know later in his in in the career you know some damage plan stuff but they also like they also have a bunch of um you know him playing in the dallas clubs when he was you know a young teenager playing uh playing uh he does like a randy rhodes solo stuff like that it's cool to see that era too and some cool stuff with actually like with phil and Vinny and rex and everything too so i mean pantera fan dimebag fan uh definitely need to check it out yep I, I there was one question that i wanted to ask her that i didn't get to but there's a biography out there uh about dime that i bought 
on um, on ebook, and it's a really good read. There's a lot of good stuff in there, and you know it's corroborated in a lot of Guitar World interviews and all this other kind of stuff. So it was a good read, and the very last chapter, I mean, it, it basically ends with him, you know, in Columbus and getting shot. But after that, there's one more chapter, and the author basically just completely destroys Dime for being an alcoholic or whatever. And I, w- I wondered if she had read that and if she had any opinions on it because it was really, hmm. I don't know how to describe it. It's one of those things where you, you ever go to like a movie or something and you're totally in the moment and it's like one of the coolest things you've seen and then they put something on the screen that just completely destroys the whole mystique of it and just ruins the whole movie. It was one of those things. I was like, this is a really good book. And then I, I, I read that chapter. I was like, this guy's a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> it was, I mean, it was really tasteless. It was really tasteless. And I just huh. wondered if she had seen it at all. Yeah, I've never heard of that. I'll have to, you know, maybe check that out or not. I wonder if that's the uh, author that uh, the Machine Head song is about. I don't know. I, I'll have to see. I don't think so, but I just couldn't believe that he did that. It's... It was it was just so out of left field. You read this really good book, and then all of a sudden he's chastising the hell out of Dimebag for all his drinking. It's like, hmm. does that really need to be said? Like, yeah, we get it. The guy drank like a fish, and he partied all the time. Like, do you, do you have to put in your commentary about it? Completely unnecessary. Yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah. Uh, let's but see. other than that, yeah, um, getting to ask her all the stuff that we went over with her was just unbelievably cool. And to get, you know, a peek into, you know, really a peek behind the curtain uh, somewhat of Dime's personal life here and there and, you know, what it was like to, to be with him and stuff like that as she was, was really, really cool. Yeah, I mean, that's one of those one of those interviews where, I, you know, I have I have notes written down, little bullet points, little things that I want to talk about. I don't nec- I don't ever write out questions. And maybe sometimes you can tell because I just stammer over myself. But. <laughs> I, you know, I try to keep it as free-flowing as possible, but there's also bullet points that I want to hit, like make sure to hit this subject, hit that subject. But with a person like that, I don't need anything. I just, you know, turn the mics on and, and uh, let's talk some Pantera. You know, yeah. there's there's been interviews in the past where I've had a, a whole sheet worth of stuff and still run out of things to talk about. So, uh, so yeah, somebody like that, you know, I could have talked for another two or three hours, but uh, we'll definitely have to have her back on in the future. Yeah, for sure. And I I know what you mean, man. I used to I used to do interviews for a music magazine, and when I, you know, was a fan of a band, it was nothing. I just started talking because <laughs> you know everything, so you know what to ask. But also, you're so invested in it emotionally that, you know, it's and I, what I thought was coolest about the Rita interview is that we are both in, emotionally invested in that, you know, the topic of Pantera and Dimebag, yeah. And we still got a really good interview out of it because sometimes when you do that you have a tendency to make it too personal and there's, it's not very informational and stuff, but you know, ours wasn't like that. And she was one of those interviews where you hope it's going to be a really good one and it turns out even better. So I, I think that Absolutely. was fantastic. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's finish this off. I, I want to finish it off with a, uh, with, you know, obviously saying thank you to Rita, but also let's, let's throw some love to our boy scribble out there. He, uh, he just dropped a new track. He just signed to Force 5 Records, who is uh, the, the, uh, the main guy over at Force 5 Records at the DRP, former singer of Primer 55, actually. I actually got him the, uh, the gig in Primer, 
and now he's hooking up Scribble and signed him to his Force 5 records. And, uh, you know, actually kind of funny that Scribble put you and I on a track on his mixtape before you and I <laughs> had even talked about doing this podcast together. So, <laughs> right. so maybe Scribble had some foresight. <laughs> he knew it was coming. Either that or he just knew talent when he heard it. So he had to, he had to hit up two of the most talented guys he knew. Yeah, that's Chris and Neely, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, we do give them listeners, so we got to give ourselves some credit. Right, right, right. He uh, and actually in this new Scribble track, he uh, he he throws down some Pantera, so or he uh, he name checks Pantera, so it, it's very fitting along with the theme of the episode. Uh, so after we do our little uh, uh, goodbyes here, this track is called "Don't Doubt Me." Uh, make sure to go check it out. It's on uh, it's on Spotify. It's on all the all the all the tracks there. You can go find it and go give Scribble some love and uh, check it out. And uh, he needs to write a new "Talk to Me" theme because the last one uh, doesn't talk about you. It talks about Mike. So <laughs> we need a new a new Scribble rap. But uh, he's gonna have to yeah, drop man, my uh, name in there. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, instead of uh, just a real obvious like John. <laughs> right so, i'm talking about mike it's like i'm talking about john <laughs> like horrible drop in <laughs> right i can do that uh so let's see here uh you know just thank you guys for checking it out if you're new to the podcast thanks for checking it out i have a feeling we're gonna get a lot of a lot of new listeners from this uh from this episode so thank you for checking out the podcast make sure you're subscribed Rate and review, all that fun stuff, and uh, give us a like over on Facebook and uh, follow us on Twitter. It's uh, at Talk To Me Talk on Facebook, uh, at Talk To Me Talk on Twitter, and uh, just you know everything else. Everything else is metalnexus.net slash talk dash to me for Talk To Me, the official podcast of metalnexus.net. So for Talk To Me, the Metal Nexus podcast, I am Joshua Toomey. I'm John Drake. Keep kicking ass, scribble. Go Titans! Oh, up yours. Yeah, I strike like a python. I circulate the cipher like a cyclone regulator. Flip the fucking mic on. Flesh is paper I use to write rhymes on. Devastator, a walking fucking detonator. With enough power to leave a coward on a respirator. I read the data, it made me fucking sick. All you rappers cashing in the checks and sucking dick, huh? Yeah, cause I ain't on that dumb shit. Lil Uzi on that swallow with some calm shit. Yelling jokes to the folks I hear that run shit. Stay away from the late punk, we run kids. Call me Benny Wise, pull you in the sewer. Feast on the fresh meat, holla fucking lawyer. Execute an evil doer under strict control. Pull the strings and watch me go. go. No time to waste, I gotta find my place. I gotta put those in jack who fuck with me. I lost my mind today, I don't know why I pray. I gotta forge the path to my destiny. I could have sworn that I seen it all before. Before the devil's war, pull out the 44 and set it off. I bet it all before I bet on y'all. So never doubt me, y'all can die without me. My machete weigh your time. But I stay hacking up their bodies till it's done It's like a goddamn slaughtering camp I make them dig their own graves and watch them fall into their diabolical plans From a psychological terror Blasting Pantera to cover the scare and the scream And I stare at the demon and staring back at where that I'm dreaming And when I wake I start shaking with the fear and the reason Now that I relapse back into the black mass Sucked into the void I destroy every half-ass backpack Rap bag, haunting the weapons and watching the heavens I'm fighting like Baghdad, I'm mad at the Mad Max Challenge 
never can match The flow is a damn rap But chillin' that anthrax Titanium your man's back Leave it a smash up in the gutter Bringin' a laugh for they mothers I put them under Hear the thunder clap Motherfucker running back No time to waste I gotta find my place I gotta put those in check Who fuck with me? I lost my mind today I don't know why I pray I gotta forge the path to my destiny I could've swore that I seen it all before Before the devil's war Pull out the 44 and set it off Do not attempt to approach, talk to me motherfucker, you gon' this shit up close Raised by the devil, marked by the guards to be the king of this podcast shit when it drops Fucking around with Josh, get your face off, split up, get stuck in the zone when you lit up You better shut your bitch off and pick up who you was that Dopest weekly podcast, rock stars, the ball rap and everything in between You tune into that grooviest, fattest shit on the planet, a good time from this jack of all trades Ha, ha, ha.